The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. Alrighty, and here we are uh, starting a new episode. So uh, let's start with what happened at the end of last show that we had to cut off. So Todd uh, was uh, standing over a body, still had the knife in hand, the police had been called. And then what happened exactly? Uh, I'm not here. Okay. Well, that's fine. Wait, you're, are you you're not lawyer? here? You're, you're supposed to be my lawyer. No, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm asking for I think the public needs to know. We try not to hide anything on this podcast. Well, all I know is my second assistant's been indicted, so things are, things are looking grim. The, the DA? The or PA or AA, the AA, the AA, yeah, the AA, the uh, director's assistant, the DA, yeah, not the district attorney. So, no, not the district attorney. Anywho, uh, so here we are <laughs> talking about Seahawks uh, again. So, uh, yeah, Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks, Ooh. and you have a, I don't know if we can say this on the podcast, uh, a VPN line that allows you to watch all the Seattle Seahawks games. In the Toronto area, sorry, let's rephrase. You are in the Toronto area and you're able to, with the VPN connection, see the Seattle Seahawks football games in 2023. That is absolutely not true as far as uh, the NFL. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Understand. Um, Yeah, which uh, I haven't tested it yet to check because obviously the test, the test would come earlier when I like check out Seattle News and I haven't done that yet. But right, right, right. But should work, which makes me very happy because it's really interesting. I had to move to Canada a bit when obviously I could have done done that when I was in Florida. I'm just got a VPN, but I just didn't really think of it because I'm not that smart. And now that I'm up here, it's like, uh, I mean, if if you were still in South Florida, now you could just be hanging out watching the Seahawks games with Jalen Ramsey. That's true, because yeah. he's going to be hanging out for a while. Yeah, it's kind of stinks. And, and uh, well, but let me. We shouldn't really be talking about that because there's no business talking about a player injury, according to one uh, exactly. Twitter user. Um, a two, yeah, actually. Oh, a two. Um, I just didn't show you. So what we're talking about is I um, uh, Thursday when Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals quarterback, got injured, um, hurt his calf, which was the same thing. So basically I did the same thing what, a few weeks ago when we were playing tennis. Which means that I can also be an NFL quarterback, if I understand yes. that correctly. Yeah, you're correct. Um, and so my injury is it's it's getting. I mean, it's it's much better. I mean, I haven't tried to run on it. I probably could if I needed to. So I mean, he may bounce back in like three weeks, depending on how right. severe the the pull or strainer was. Exactly. But um, but I had I had Ian Rappaport had tweeted out uh, just about the, the incident happening at Bengals training camp and Burrow coming up lame and said in his, that the team's going to hold him out of preseason. 
and then um but there's it's tb quote tbd on the return date so i posted that on the 12th man rising 12th man rising facebook uh page and just said seahawks play i mean it was scandalous now now that i reflect back on it i can see how scandalous it what was, I said was it was you you behaved abhorrently and it, it I, I, was I, sh- I should apologize to anybody who reads the 12th men raising raising the 12th men rising Facebook page <laughs> raising 12th men raising 12th men raising 12th men raising California um, that's right Char- well, yeah Ray Charles um but 12th men rising <laughs> Facebook page um, so basically, I, I posted that photo of the tweet from Rappaport, and then above that said Seahawks play Bengals in Week Five. Now I know that was salacious, yes. trying to get views, yes, um, because of what I said was you know completely crazy, idiots. Um, and so the first response was like almost immediate, boom, which I didn't, you didn't see that one, I don't think, but the first one response said. Um, the tweet says he's out of preseason. Week five is irrelevant. And I was like, um, so I did respond to that one. I said, B D exactly. (laughs) I said, I said, yep. Uh, the, the point of me posting it wasn't to say anything about preseason. It was to say as an FYI that the Seahawks do play the Bengals in week five. And as the tweet says, it's to be determined now, we still don't know when he's going to be back because we don't know the severity of – he's definitely being held out of all of preseason. Let, let me break this down for people who are stupid, like the guy who replied to that and the other guy who, who complained. Like, okay, let's just state that TBD doesn't mean to, to be determined. Let's just assume that – let's just change it. Let's say the Bengals, okay, we're going to hold him out of preseason, but he's starting week one absolutely determined. Do you think that does not have an impact on game five? The fact that he's going to be out of all of preseason. If you think that you're stupid. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, I, I just, just didn't... I don't understand how people can be. So it, I, it, it's infuriating that people cannot think and they open their mud holes and spew their garbage. Yeah. Be like, so, it so has quickly vitriolic about a simple post that he, the Seahawks play this team in week five. You know, the reaction is this of like, ha ha, Hawks are going to feast on the backup quarterback. It's like, <laughs> if you had right. written that, that could have, I mean, even that would have like, okay, that, that's a possibility. Because Heck, we that's probably what Fansided wants me to post. They want me to post something opinionated. Maybe I should have posted that. But I literally just was like, hey, this yeah. happens. Yeah. And it does, ha- regardless of whether he starts week one or not, it has an impact. Because he's missing preseason. Do you not understand that they have preseason for a reason? At least preseason. Yes, because again, to be determined, he might not be back for week five. That was your entire point of posting that. Plus, he's got a poll. Gee, do re-injuries ever happen? Never in the history of the NFL has that. Has there ever been a recurring injury? Yeah. I mean, I expect Burrow to be back fine by week five. But right. at the point. At the the time that which had just happened, right? We had no idea. We still don't know, really. Let's put it this way: if it if it isn't important, why did Rappaport report and on? everybody else make so Joe Burrow is mindless? Yeah. It's news and it's relevant to the Seahawks, but the Seahawks will face him in Week Five. That's why you posted it. 
And the other post that we're not talking about, or the other reaction to what I posted, said, Jesus. "What a shit thing to post." I'm like, I I don't even understand right. that concept. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I really what? don't understand that. Did you? I mean, is you know, okay, if you had posted, it's like, Haha, I'm dancing on his grave. This rules. I hate that mf. Okay, that would be yeah. kind of over the top, but you know, it's sports. It would fit. That's <laughs> all right. he did was say, "Hey." This is relevant to the Seahawks. That's yeah. it. Or or if the injury hadn't actually happened and I just posted it from some fake account, like I, I can see that. But it's like I don't I don't really understand. Again, it's yeah. the the vitriol that comes with like literally all it was was Seahawks mm-hmm. played the Bengals in week five. It's like, oh, should I not? Everybody else now, mind you, is going People. to be talking okay. about it or whatever. I think week whoever they play in week one isn't talking about it. Of course they are. It's like, oh, we we get the Bengals in week one. It's, it's just like week five. It really isn't that far into the season, and calf injuries right. take a, could take a little bit. He might be fine by week five, and he, I expect him to be. But again, we don't right. know that, and we yeah. didn't know the severity of the injury when I posted it. Exactly. Well, when he, as you said, Ian Rappaport tweeted it out. T T B D to be determined. We don't right. know how it's going to impact him. But we know it could impact the Seahawks. That's the reason. Yeah, it's not a shit I, thing to post. It's like it's it, it's news that impacts the Seahawks. That's it. I, I probably should have gone into more detail instead of just saying, "Hey, they play in Week Five," because oh, yeah, then maybe yeah. people are inferring because they're not smart enough, inferring whatever they want to infer from that. But it's like I I posted a fact. Yeah, they play I just in don't week understand. Five. <laughs> this is this has turned into the critical thinking lack thereof podcast, but. I really don't understand how you can see that an NFL quarterback is going to miss the entire preseason and think that that has zero impact on a week five game. Right. Uh, you're, you're stupid. Frankly, you are stupid as hell. Yeah. And gee, I doubt that you listen to this because we only have three listeners and two of them are us. But I mean, if you are, you're stupid. Yeah, if you're the Go other away. one that's listening. You're a complete moron. Thanks for listening, but you're an idiot. <laughs> I just I just don't I can't comprehend how someone can have that reaction to that post. It's information. What? You don't like information? OK. Gee, yeah. sorry. Well, people don't. They they don't like straight no. information anymore. It has to be tinged with something. Oh my God, I've got, I got a tinge for them. Um, yeah, <laughs> I just. Oh, my God. Anyway. And, 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 you know, the, the usual thing is like, oh. You know, they react to a headline and they don't read the article and, or they misread right. the headline. And, and it's like, oh, my God. It's, it's, yeah. it's, but that's life. That's sadly, if the only if the only time that lack of critical thinking and that. Unbelievable. Tendency just to jump to c- conclusions of their own construct. If the only thing it affected was sports, man, this would be a wonderful world. But sadly, it doesn't. Right. It's. It's kind of like when TiVo started off, right? And it's like, oh, you like this, then you're going to like a whole lot of this other stuff, and it's going to pre-record it. And it's like it's just reacting to what you're doing instead of, like, yeah. nope, this is really, yeah. I, yeah, before you know it, thir- a third of your space is, is filled with cooking shows from Britain. Right. It's like because because well, I, those I, are good shows. Let's let's be honest, those are fun shows. Yeah, that was a bad example because I would watch those shows, but cooking yeah, jo- I mean, cooking shows from St. John's. Um. I like the newfie fish. Is that is that how they're cooking? <laughs> Speaking of um, cooking. 
How's Russ right. Wilson doing today? Yeah. That's uh, well, yeah. Speaking of, uh, just as a teaser, our Rob Gordon's this week in just a little bit are our fav- favorite quarterbacks of all time, including college. <laughs> I like the including college part because it was like, oh, also it includes college. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I do have one college. Well, they all played in college, but I have one specific college quarterback. Yeah, yeah, we're we're talking about what they did in college as opposed to you know this ain't the NBA. They don't just walk in off the street and play quarterback. Right. Because <laughs> true. three people have done that in the NBA, but uh, yeah, they walked in off the street. Hey, well, speaking of walking more, in yeah. off the street, you know. thankfully Devin Witherspoon did that yesterday. And, <laughs> The weird thing is, like, people are like, oh, he's going to, you know. So another thing I posted on Facebook, this is just a rant about what I'm posting on Facebook, on 12th Man Rising Facebook, was I posted something about, hey, when. Oh, the, let me interrupt you for a moment. How dare you? Okay. Oh, I, know, I know. Exactly. Uh, Nuusu had signed his uh, extension, which freed up some cap right. space. A lot of and then Quan, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Quandre Diggs said. Um, basically reworked his deal for this year where it was all bonus money. So that freed up some cap space. A lot of cap space. Yeah. So I posted like, oh, you know, they've freed up some cap space. I wonder what they're doing. And people were like, oh, they, well, first of all, they still have to sign Witherspoon. And, and you know, they had to create money for signing. And I think this is when Zach Charbonnet had not yet been signed. So they had to sign Charbonnet and Witherspoon. And they were like, well, they have to clear space to sign them. No. And and I actually responded to somebody thinking, saying, do you really think the team didn't plan ahead enough for them to already have that space allotted? <laughs> it's like, oh, we've got to create space because I forgot we have these two rookies we haven't signed. Oh, tell tell that listener what the holdup was with, with Spoon's contract, if you would, please. because Well, and I'm, I'm just borrowing this from Abraham Lincoln. But he said, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was. I, the, and. Oh, me, Abraham Lincoln and Lucas, <laughs> a man of the people. That's right. Backtrack just a little bit. Whatever Witherspoon's contract ended up being, it didn't change the cap space for the next four years. It's slotted for him. So the cap space right. is all the same until we get to year five. Right. When the Seahawks either pick up his fifth year option or don't, depending on how well he's played in the first three years, because they have to make the decision before year four. But if he said it's... <laughs> Fully guaranteed, $33 million, fully guaranteed, $21 million in signing, but fully, it's all fully guaranteed. The Seahawks already knew this. So the cap space that they were creating was on top of the cap space they already had to be able to sign Witherspoon and Charbonnet and still even have a little bit beyond that. So creating this, doing the uh, Nuusu and the, and the Diggs thing had literally nothing to do with Witherspoon and Charbonnet. They already had that space. So they created about, well, depends on how much they want to keep, but they really created about $11 million in cap space on top of what they already had, which is 11 to $13 million. Yeah, of course. Huge amount of cap space. Now, Uh, some of that's going to have to go to practice squad. Some of it will have to go to, like, injury reserve because, you know, if you're going to lose players in the season, you're going to have to pick up players. So, and they want to keep 2 or $3 million probably as a cushion as well. They still have, and my guess, they probably still have about $6 million they could actually play with and sign somebody if they wanted to. The, uh, not over the cap, but spot track they show their cap space at, for their top 51 is six point, almost $6.8 million is what they have left. Yeah, and that's, which is, and which is a huge amount of cap factoring, space. Yeah, and they were slow factoring in the digs thing. 
Yeah. So if you look at over the cap, it's actually even a little bit more than that ah, because they're just factoring in what it. Right. What it is. As, but anyway, yeah, they have spoon. Spoon. I just have to say, is spoon's holdup was how they paid the bonus. That was it. Does he get the bonus now, or are they going to prorate the bonus? That was the only holdup. Exactly, and had li- nothing to do nothing with the cap space. Cap space. Nothing to do with whether he was going to sign. Nothing like that. I mean, oh my God. Anyway. Yeah, which is weird because it's still it's still right. guaranteed. I mean, I guess if you want to have it all up front versus over spread out over four years, that's seems like a silly thing to to hold. You're not really holding out. Even Brock no. Howard said this. It's not a holdout. And and I've seen a lot of sites say. Oh, his holdout ended. Well, he didn't have a contract, so he's not holding out for more money. The money is what it is. Right. He he hasn't even have a signed contract, so he's basically just trying to not show up to camp until he gets a contract or his agent gets a contract that he's happy with. My concern is this guy balls out for four years or five years because they can pick up the fifth year option. Right. And then at the end of that five years, when it's time to set up his second contract, how much of a pain that's going to be. Um, that's, that's the biggest worry to me about the whole thing, but which you know, makes I, sense because if the agent is difficult signing a rookie and it's the agent, clearly, right. if the agent's difficult signing a rookie contract, what's he going to be like coming to the, it's the, same the first contract he Sharapova can... had, which is, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's the worst athlete. I've... Um, yeah, that was really strange, but we may get into that later, but yeah, Spoon is signed. So, yeah, he's uh, he's signed and he showed up for camp yesterday. He only missed what, like two? I can't even think of what it was. Two days, maybe. Um, yeah. To, well, he showed up yesterday. So, and I think that was day. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but, but we don't know if he had if he had almost had it held out, which would have been incorrect. But if he had stayed out of camp longer, I mean. It's not like Michael Jackson's just saying, oh, yeah, here, have my job. Right. We well, that's an, that would be an issue for Spoon, for sure. As exactly. As we were talking about a certain quarterback for the Bengals, that's an issue if he missed all of preseason. That wasn't going to happen. And in two, two days is basically nothing. But, yeah. yeah, Michael Jackson, although although social media is blowing up about the amazing catch that number 11 made, and it's like, it was a good catch, but, I mean, let's mm-hmm. not go crazy. I mean, it was. I'm not saying it wasn't a good catch, but I mean, this guy is going to make these catches in critical games. Then it's a great catch. I mean, just in practice, it's like yeah, it's yeah. It was, it was a good the catch. The thing that was interesting to me, the interesting thing to me is that he did it on Michael Jackson. Like that's what was interesting. Yeah, to me. but well, and Kobe, Jackson had a really good camp, but still, Kobe Bryant actually not not the basketball player, but Kobe Bryant was on um, Seattle Sports yesterday, and they were talking about that. The catch, not just about the catch. Hey, let's yeah. have you on so we can talk about this other guy catching the ball. Yeah. But <laughs> how rude would that be? Well, thanks. But no. He's um, <laughs> like, uh, but the, the his point and and really the main point is it was a great catch. I mean, he, oh, yeah. and the the thing that made it more impressive is just how smooth it was. Like, oh, okay, it was like yeah. I've got Lester Hayes stick him come and the balls just stick to my hand, you know. But um, but the thing was that Get used to it. If it had been, yeah, if it had been a real game, I mean, there's no contact yet. So he's not running through contact and he's not being, there's nobody coming at him when he's trying to make that catch. It's just, he's running 
he splits the defenders because they can't touch him and he makes the catch. So it is a great catch. But that that, that kind of to jump on that point and as far as making it a more positive light is that everybody and, and I know you're going to say this too, but everybody has said just how this guy's already a pro. Like he's, it feels like he's been in the league for five or 10 years already. Cause that's yeah. how he's handling. And he does make it look easy and he's very smooth yeah. runner. It just uh, Brock Heward again, getting back on, on Brock said he and, and Russell Wilson's quarterback coach who shall not be named to move to Denver. Um, but uh, he said, you know, every quarterback knows in the, you can throw five passes to a receiver in those first five passes. You know, if the guy can play, he said, with, with Jackson Smith and Jigba, you get to about pass two and you're like, yeah, this guy can play. Yeah. Uh, DK Metcalf is yeah. singing this dude's praises, talking about how uh, amazing. It's interesting because DK is talking about the things that, honestly, DK still needs a little work on. I'm not saying DK can't run routes. He can. But he pointed out how smooth this guy's and precise this guy's route running is, which we knew, which is why they drafted him. And and that's one of the things, and I know no contact, but to me, that's the interesting thing. He's not a burner. I mean, I'm not saying he's slow, but he's not a burner. He looks that's, faster in pads. He looks like Jerry Rice in pads. They're faster in pads than they are. Yeah, which I love the fact that you bring brought up Jerry, not that you're comparing Jerry Rice to him. but No, he's that, better than Jerry Rice. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But that's a perfect comp because, again, Jerry Rice was never – I won't say never. There were probably some games where he's the fastest guy in the field, but rarely was he the fastest guy. Yeah, in the when field. he played you and I that one it, game. Yeah, that one time. Yeah, barely. But doesn't matter. Greatest wide receiver. I I, I can't imagine even the dopes who complain about that post saying Jerry Rice wasn't the greatest wide receiver in NFL history. And he was never the fastest wide receiver. And. Jigba, he was not, fast Jigba, enough, Jigba, but he wasn't Tyreek Hill. Exactly, and that's and that proves the point. You don't have to be Tyreek Hill. You don't have to be DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett has shown that because Tyler Lockett is still the best wide receiver on the team. Uh, and I love DK Metcalf. I, I know it sounds like I'm knocking DK, and I'm not because uh, he has an excellent skill set, and it's not his physicality. It's not just his physicality. But when that guy one of the best wideouts in the league, clearly, is praising a rookie and talking about how he runs routes. That's why, and that's what impressed me about the catch. It's not the one-handed catch. It's the fact that he got open. He didn't blow past anybody to do that. It's the way he ran the route to do that. And that's yep. what this guy is going to do all season. Just like all Angry all. Doug. I, uh, well, yeah. Because... Except, he would be no, I think he's. I think he's going to pan out to be better than Angry Doug. And Angry well, Doug is like my f- uh, Angry Doug is phenomenal. Yeah, we we like we love Doug Baldwin. As, um, as a player, we love Doug Baldwin. Aside from the person, because he's yeah, well, as, it, as let's he's written, rephrase. So we like Doug Baldwin as a person. We are uh, as a player. We love him as a person. Exactly. Exactly. This guy is just a phenomenal human being. As I think you've written several times, and I've written. But as a player, that guy was lights out. And I think this guy is going to be better than Doug as a player. Yeah. Actually, I wrote an article yesterday be about that. Right. I, I, right. If he's equal as a person, then that's fantastic. But I actually wrote an article yesterday about it just saying that um, the difference between Doug Baldwin and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, to me, currently, looks like they both are quick off the line. Um, 
Doug's footwork was ridiculous. But um, basically yeah. the difference is while Baldwin catches a bunch of balls and picks up a bunch of first downs after they both beat their first guy, Jackson Smith and Jigba looks like he can have a lot more success deep downfield than, than Baldwin did. Cause he has again, that pad speed or whatever you call it. I agree. Uh, the, and several people, people who are knowledgeable, not like you and I, but several people are talking about how this offense is going to be absolutely lights out. Now, I, I'm expecting 12 points a game. I'm not. <laughs> it seems kind of high. I'm not going to go overboard and say, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a phenomenal. I mean, this is going to be the best offense in the league. Uh, I, I'm not going to go that route. But And they don't need to be. They, well, they don't need to be. But clearly, I, I mean, we're. I mean, you're setting aside the tight ends, and and as we talked last week, and we talked off and on, it's like their tight ends are going to contribute a lot. When we talked about it last week, and it's like we each see two different guys contributing really highly on the tight ends, and neither one of them is Uncle Will. Um, and Uncle Will will be fine. We're just saying we think other guys will take a step up, but. Man, number 11 adds a lot, adds a lot to that team. And DK knows, Tyler knows, like uh, someone's not going to be double covered anymore. Right. Well, and even if they are good, because that leaves Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's going to see a lot, as you alluded to, he's going to see a lot of one-on-one coverage. Yeah, what are are you going to do? It's like you're going to have six DBs and they're all double covering the wide ends. It's like, well... Then the tight ends are just going to, you know. That leaves Charles Cross wide open. <laughs> Charles, Cross, Charles Cross would feast That's on, right. on those tackle-eligible boys. Um, <laughs> they'll run five a game. And they'll have six <laughs> touchdowns every 78 week. catches, 80 yards, 15 touchdowns. <laughs> That'd be about right. Um, but, I, yeah, I mean, this guy is, this guy is phenomenal. And I love the skill set, what he adds, because, again, it's a different skill set. It's obviously it's more similar to what Lockett brings, but it's still different from what Lockett has. I mean, it's just such a perfect complement to what they already had. And they already had, I would argue, the best uh, wide receiver group in the league, not down in Miami, but up there in Seattle. Because I think our number two is better than their number two. Um, and our number two is DK Metcalf. So... Does does anybody have a number three like we do? No. And, and I mean, the Bengals, if they ever find a quarterback, because their quarterback's out for three years, is my yeah. understanding. Yes, yes. Yeah, the Bengals are pretty. Mm, I still like ours better. Hopefully. Um, so, of course, Bobby Wagner's back in practice. And then I thought they did an interesting thing with and then the crowd loved that, obviously. But I thought they did an interesting thing. Day one versus Day two, which is on day one, they had the veterans start on the offensive line. And then day right. two is when the rookies came in. It was like, oh, OK, well, they really are. It really is a battle. It's kind of interesting. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well. Yeah. When they when the Olu took took the snaps on Thursday, I'm thinking, oh, well, that so nose much, guard so much. <laughs> they need a nose guard because they cut another one. It's like, OK, Actually, you saw who's playing nose guard, right? Jaron Reed. Yeah, I did see that. and Which I think is a stroke of genius, or, I mean, it could be. Is he? He's big enough. 
well, yeah, he's big enough, but he's not a monster. Not at that position. Um, and I'm not doubting Jaron Reed at all. Uh, I picture, I, I'm sure he'll get some work in, in, like during throughout the season in some sets because it just makes sense. Uh, I have a feeling they'll bring in a nose guard with that $17 million cap space, but they're not going to just bring in somebody just to plug in. I mean, right, right. Yeah. It has to be someone who really fills that role. <laughs> Fills, get it? Nose guard. A young uh, Eric Cartman, possibly. Yes, right? Eric Cartman would be beautiful. But uh, yeah, back to Olu. I was like, oh, well, so much for our prediction that he takes over after, after the bye week. Cause, and then, of course, like you said, they went back to the veterans on Friday. But clearly, as you said, uh, it's, well, what does it say when they walk out there? Always compete. And that's and if a rookie can win the job, a rookie's going to win the job. Uh, I love the fact. I mean, I love the fact that that's how they do things. Now, it, it, of course, it makes more sense because Brown's a free agent, so you know they don't know specifically what he can do in their system. They obviously have a good idea, otherwise they wouldn't have signed him. But I love the fact that it's it's an open competition, and always has been at every position. Yeah. I mean, even Bobby Wagner has to uh, get his earn his starting role. Of course, he does that when he puts his name on the contract, but still, no, but it, yeah, even Bobby <laughs> Wagner has to, like, earn it. And, and yeah, NFL teams should always be like that, and most NFL teams are like that, but the Seahawks have always seemed to really push that quite a bit, yeah. more, maybe more than other teams. It's like, show us what you got. Show me yeah. the money. Yes, that's what Pete always says. Show me the show money. Show me the money. And then he has that argument with that uh, Cardinals receiver. It gets very confusing to me at the end of the season. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. So, um, I guess, so it'll be interesting to see, of course, the, the, the first preseason game is tonight, actually. No, it's, is it the Hall of Fame game? Is No, it's August 2nd, which is crazy when you think about it, right? But the yeah, Seahawks' right first the preseason game is... Uh, and that's actually when those two teams start training camp. It's like, oh, you're welcome to train. You're playing a game. Oh, okay, great. Um, but the Seahawks' first uh, preseason game is August 10th, uh, 7 p.m. Pacific time. So stay up late if you're on the East Coast. But um, I will. It, I will. It just stay. It starts so quick. I mean, that's almost literally just two weeks after they start training camp. Haven't even started hitting each other, and then they have the first yeah. preseason game. So. I know they're doing a lot of ro- rotating now along the offensive line, but at some point, just for the cohesion's sake, they right. got to start figuring it out well before week one because it's not like, especially at center, right? Yeah, it's like, who's the sure. center? So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens between now and preseason game three um, on the 26th, I think, of August. And that's a 10 a.m. start. Actually, a 1 p.m. start for a preseason game against the Packers. Jordan Love and his Packers. Um, so it'll be interesting just to see what happens and who's who's getting the the most reps probably in that game or who's not. Maybe that's the other thing. It's like, oh, okay, we know Ulu, Ulu's going to start. Maybe we don't play him that much. It doesn't make sense, but that could be an indication. And then the roster cuts have to be done by the 28th, so just a couple of days after that. And then week one is a couple of weeks after that, not even a couple of weeks. So a lot of stuff happening between now and, and week one of, of the season. I mean, it's, it's like it's 
off season except for the draft and free agency, and then you have all this stuff downtime, and then it's like bam. Because it used to be they would show up and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know we go start watching the NFL in the 1830s, and it was a a season long thing, a full calendar year. But didn't the they? I mean, they started training camp way before where they do now, right? Was yeah. So yeah, and they would have rules have changed so much, so. Well, I mean, and of course now they just have the two preseason games because they decided to go or three, the bizarre, yeah, three, but the bizarre four, this the bizarre uh, seventeen game schedule, which still upsets me because it makes the stats really weird. You can't do a quarter of a season anymore. Thanks. That's true. Uh, but well, and then some teams had their preseason games going into this part of the season, like week two. They were still playing preseason. It got really the Browns. Weird. Oz the Browns. That's right. The Browns. Browns are always playing preseason ball. I have a quick question. We're 0-4 and we've only played two games. I have a quick question for you, sir. And actually a sensible, well, I don't know if it's a sensible question, but it's a serious question. It's probably stupid. Bruno Mars. Are they, well, the answer to that is always yes. Uh, are they really going to play a first round pick at the Nickelback slot corner? Uh, I don't know. The way it's hard to parse sometimes but it yeah. sure seems like there's a very good possibility i actually wrote a i think this morning i don't know when the articles are coming out i'm writing so many now <laughs> i think i had one that came I wrote an article sometime this year i think <laughs> it was i think it was two hours ago but my eyes are blurry i'm just hoping i didn't put a seahawks article on the tennis site and sometimes um <laughs> oh just confuse people but uh like what Please do Best that. reviews of the tennis sites I've ever had. This Devin Witherspoon. Okay. No, but it's like um, it's uh, it's picked it's, up a pickleball racket at some point. Yeah, I'm sure. It, it. It's interesting because Pete seems like, you know, it's like he's just like the Jaron Reed thing at nose guard. It's like he yeah. seems to be like, yep, we. He's not even like, well, we'll kind of work and see how it works out. It's like this is going to help the team, and it's almost well, if it helps the team, yeah, that's what you do. Yeah, and, and Jackson playing so well last year obviously helps a lot. But I, right. there'd be a lot of upset people, I think, if Witherspoon starts in the slot, Kobe Bryant and being one of them. But well, yeah. <laughs> but it <laughs> could be that they, uh, my article this morning said that I think he starts a lot, playing a lot in the slot in preseason game one, and by preseason game three, he's playing a lot more outside, which just makes sense. But I could definitely see him just starting off in the slot and then moving back outside. I, I I I would rather I mean if he's going to play outside play him outside you know play him in in the slot some but play him outside and get him ready to play outside but uh I mean if Jackson outplays him I guess the difference is Jackson can't play the slot but Witherspoon can yeah and then Uh, you've got your three best cornerbacks on the field yeah that's true I mean and that's the thing is like how much better is the team overall if you have Jackson outside and Spoon in, in the slot, as opposed to Spoon outside and then Bryant in the slot, then that's what it boils down to. Per right? my bet, a third of a game better. Which makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> well, it's like when they say, oh, the Seahawks are going to win 7.5 games this year. It's like, I uh, can't win yeah, half game. Yeah, yeah if Jackson, and, and, the point, and the point is, and I, it's a very solid point. Your point at being that it's not that Jackson would outperform Spoon at the outside corner. It's that that package outperforms the alternative. And that's that's the only thing that matters. 
Yeah. I mean, it might, matter, it might matter more to to Spoon to play outside. Although, if he plays slot corner, that's a nice place to pick off a lot of passes. I'm just saying. I would hope. Um, it does seem like a waste of. Uh, I agree with the implication that a, a fifth round pick, a fifth overall pick in a draft being a slot corner seems silly. You wouldn't do that. But maybe that's just where he starts off. Right. I mean, right. And he's a different kind of player, though, too. I mean, he could. I know it sounds a little bit much, but eh, maybe he transforms that position a little bit. Yeah. Just, the other the other side I can see with it, though, is if Jamal Adams ever is healthy. Well, right. Big question. If Jamal Adams is healthy enough, I think he actually becomes more of a hybrid linebacker. Yes. But if he's absolutely. healthy enough and to, they could put Julian Love in the slot, mm-hmm. I really I mean, maybe they're just they have so much potential versatility at this right. point. They're just playing with it or they're just bad. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. They're just not very good overall. I mean, Oh, we got all this versatility. That doesn't necessarily mean positive things. That just that's means, true. Oh, we just can't find the right person for the right position. And then the other team, Joe Burrow in week five says, Oh yeah, I'm glad you have all this versatility. Here's 450 yards passing against you. And we beat you <laughs> 41 to 17. I think I think the case is is more uh, that the fact that they have a lot of versatility because they have so much talent. And I know you think the same thing, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, but you're right. Totally right. It really all depends on how Jamal Adams is. If Jamal Adams is right, then Jackson comes off. Spoon goes outside. Julian Love, obviously not every play, but then Julian Love comes inside uh, and plays nickel. Isn't it weird that Jamal Jamal Adams almost seems like a bonus player? Oh, wait, we got Jamal Adams, too. At this point, it's like, eh, yeah, I can't really count on him doing anything. Considering what they, the talent they traded for him, or, you know, the potential talent they traded for him and the money they're giving him. Uh, but, but that's what it took to get him. And, and if he was, has able to, if he'd been able to stay healthy, or if he's healthy this season, not jinxing it, just saying if he is, and hopefully he is, he's worth it. Yeah. He's sure. worth it if they use him correctly. That he proved that, and people seem to forget they're blaming him for the inadequacies. I can actually say that word of their former defensive coordinator. That's why the guy's a former defensive coordinator. Like, yeah. no, you don't, you don't drop nose guards into playing coverage. Okay? I can see the reasons for it. Though. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, I was like. <laughs> What are you doing? Al Woods did have a great pass coverage uh, grade per uh, pro football focus last year. He He actually did. (laughs) Um, Anyway, regardless, smarter people than I, namely Mr. Hurt, Mr. Carroll, uh, are on the job and they will figure it out. Um, You know, like uh, like the the gentleman who posts brick is the. Does he have does Contrary have a job on the Seahawks other than social media? Like <laughs> because he's breaking news all the time. Constantly breaking news. Okay, I get it that you're breaking the news on your own contract. That makes sense, buddy. But it's like, <laughs> what the hell, man? Yeah. You stay up at two o'clock in the morning. It's like, oh shit, <laughs> my man just told me this. I'm breaking the news before the Seahawks do. It's like, well, I guess they, as so far fun. as the throwback uniforms, they had that information. Yeah, yeah. Or they actually saw them last year, like a year ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, contract info and all kinds of stuff. And Diggs is, Diggs is hilarious. I love the guy. 
But yeah, he's. Oh, hold on, hold on. It's just came in breaking. Uh, According to Quandre Diggs, Joe Burrow is out for seven weeks. Um, (laughs) And Quandre would know. (laughs) That's right. I like how he he does the meta thing where he like references himself. Like according to at blah, which is me, this happened. (laughs) So funny, man. I mean, such a great addition to the team. Oh, as we said, for so many reasons. So many of the players on the Seahawks are people you would love to know. Yeah, exactly. It's He's the next Bradley play. McDougald. Um, <laughs> God, I hope not. Don't send him to the Jets. Um, and that's McDougald was. There's a few people out there probably thinking, man, we could still have Bradley McDougald probably instead of Jamal Adams. And, you know? Probably, probably. He's yeah. actually retired. I like, uh, you know, 2021. They could have. I did like. This. I did like. I did like Bradley McDougal. Yeah, I, I was. Off. I was not sad about the trade because we got Jamal Adams, and when he's healthy, look what he does. But McDougal was a real. They had to give something to get him, and McDougal yeah, was part of the package. McDougal, yeah. awesome player. Love that guy. Anyway, if the Jets were smart. They would have asked for Quandre Diggs. Because uh, anyway. But uh, and then, even then, in 2020, because he was already a Seahawk. So I, Major League Baseball trade deadline is on a couple days away. On the f- Tuesday, I think it's the deadline. It's so weird. They change it all well, the time. Now it's August 1st. As Alex Rodriguez says, I would give nine draft picks. Oh, wait, you can't do that. But I would give nine draft picks to uh, get Mr. Showtime. Yeah, yeah he's off the market now, supposedly. And the, but the Mariners have like they've won three straight games, which means they're about to lose three straight. You know, they haven't <laughs> they haven't won more than four straight, and they haven't lost more than four in a row all season long. They've never been more than three games over five hundred. They've never been worse than three games under five hundred. It's they are. The epitome of mediocre. I was going to say, is that the is that the definition of consistency yeah. or mediocrity? It's so there are three games under five, uh, three game, sorry, three games over five hundred currently, and that's the high, that's their peak of the season. So you know they're going to lose today. I mean, they could have Otani pitching and and little bits of Otani all over the field, and they'd somehow lose today, ten to nothing. It's like, oh, okay. What they need. What they need is like a nice 10-game run. To communicate. 10-game run, like the right direction, and then go back to that same kind of thing. Like, And then maybe work in another 10-game run, the right direction. True. And then you're 20 games over, and you're, you're fine, which would be fantastic. But yeah, It's just they're such a weird, yeah, yeah. weird team. I mean, they can look great, and then it's like, okay, suddenly, yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. I've never seen a team. Like Otani. He can look mm-hmm. great, and then he can well actually, and he can look great. Um, it's like the like, sun, like the 500 record is the is the sun, and they can't go f- too far from it, and they can't get <laughs> too close. It's <laughs> really the, weird. They're in the inhabitable zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a, a graphic, and I don't have it in front of me, so I can't quote it. But at this point in their careers, that of Otani has a better record than than Pete Martin, one of our favorite pitchers of all time. Oh, yeah. first, first, Pedro hadn't become pedro martinez at that point yet either he wasn't even a lot of his uh, starts at that point were in relief not what that did i just say a lot of his starts at that point were in relief i did a lot of his appearances at that point were that's true were in relief. it's because walter austin was still the coach of uh, yeah. the manager of the dodgers that would that would be the <laughs> so i got Kofax and martinez on the bench <laughs> yeah pretty much 
Um, yeah. But just eating Otani, just for the record, is certainly no Babe Ruth. Have you seen that whole fiasco? Like, oh, this guy's not Babe Ruth. It's like, who among us has seen Babe Ruth play? Yeah. Um, it's like, give me a effing break. I almost said the actual F word. Um, yeah. The guy's well, fantastic. He's a fantastic because, baseball player. Because he's faster than Babe Ruth, which, you know, there you go. Um, he's more Asian than Babe Ruth. So therefore, Babe Ruth must Asian, be better. A little more Asian than Babe Ruth. It's some, and I didn't see the clip, but there was just a clip. I was like surfing through YouTube and, but it was actually a clip from a new show. And they were talking about if a uh, nude show, I believe that's a called nude, porn, sir. Not in Canada. It's not. And they were talking about if, uh, sure. could be the face of North American sport. Like mm. interesting concept. I don't know that North America would have a face of sports in general, but Mm, I don't know. There's a lot of sports in North America. I don't know if he would be the face of North America. There's sports. curling. And there's, there's curling. That's right. Pornhub.com forward slash Otani section. So Sadly, that brings us. That's probably something there, and that makes me sad. Anyway, yes, that brings us to something. That brings us to our Rob Gordon's, which is another section of Pornhub. Does it so. really bring us? <laughs> I don't think that brought us to our Rob Gordon's at all, but we're here. That's um, where we are now. So do you want to tell people what, <laughs> what our Rob Gordon's are uh, this week? Okay, according to my notes in uh, Google Keep, five fave QBs. Wait, hold on, and, hold on. Back, back up. What is Google Keep? It's a thing. Is that a thing? And I keep my stuff there. Um, what is five, that? Five. What is Google, Google Keep? Google, Google Keep. It's their, it's their notepad. But I thought they I thought they had a notepad and so what's the difference between Google she- Keep Sheets and Keep 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 is a notepad where you can write notes but you can also record videos and videos and all that stuff and it's cross brings us back to the pornhub.com there you go. I record videos every day and they, my videos that I record are of my five fave QBs NFP because I mistyped L or college so there you are so whatever awesome. your NFP Whatever your five favorite NFP quarterback is, probably on my list, too. <laughs> a P for porn. <laughs> so, <laughs> national... F- Ooh, so gross. No. Dangerous turn. As it's about foot porn. It's like, ugh. Oh, God. Yes. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> no. You were saying? <laughs> no. Not even Margot Robbie, no. no. Um, Although, you know, you know that they did not have to CGI her feet to walk in heels. Because she actually can walk in heels. That was that was a point in an article. It's like I'm pretty sure there's a lot of women who can walk in heels. Like what? Yeah, that's. I, I think I, it was more. She a can walk in heels, and she's Australian. I, I think it's a comment on the fact that they have gone so over. They've done absolutely insane in production, in post production on film, that they had to make a that's comment true. that oh, we didn't CGI her feet. And it's like. <laughs> Glad I didn't see that. Sounds oh, ridiculous. God. It is ridiculous. Anyway, uh, let me kick this off. We always kick this off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did the last second. No, I'm going to go first, and you're going to go last. I Technically, you are supposed to go first. Okay, thank you. Uh, my number five, and I had to really, uh, this sounds silly, but I, I kind of thought about this. But my number five is still a former Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson. Um this is despite the fact of why he wound up in Denver because he was kind of a jerk. Um, 
But I love watching this guy play. And yes, he made a lot of mistakes in his last year to Seahawks. And frankly, I don't care what he did with Denver last season because he'll be much better this year in Denver because he actually has a coach now. But who's happy to tell you? Yes, why? he's happy to tell you about how, and he's happy to tell you about how bad the previous coach was, which is really funny. Um, and then he walked it back. He's like, "Yeah, I didn't mean to call him out for being an absolute trash coach." Really I wasn't didn't. aware that everyone was listening to me. As <laughs> that's such a funny story. Um, anyway, yeah, Russell Wilson is just fun to watch when he's right. He's not fun to watch when he's wrong, as he was occasionally yeah. for the Hawks in his last season. But and just on the field, super fun guy to watch because he can do some pretty crazy things on the football field. Yep. I I do not have I debated with this, but Russell yeah, Wilson yeah. is the closest football equivalent to inside out for me. Because it's like <laughs> at one point <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. If you were a Seahawk, it'd still be like, oh, this is joy. But now I've just got a whole lot of blue yeah. sadness coming. So everything's, you know, tinted with blue. Yeah. And I just, agree. and not but even because he's a Denver bad. Bronco. I don't care about that he went to another team. It's, as you pointed out, it's like how he left right. and all the things he's done since. So it's like, eh, I can't. Yeah. I, he's the greatest quarterback in Seahawks franchise history, hands down. Oh, absolutely. But I do not have him in my. Top five, and, and probably I, totally I do have. Understand? Yeah, I do have uh, an honorable mention just because I got to go know the guy. He's not a fantastic. Oh, nice, he was, nice. He was a great college quarterback, not a great NFL quarterback. He actually yeah. backed up a guy, another guy I have on this list, in oh, Indianapolis. But I just want to give a shout out to Brock Heward because yeah. he is literally the genuine article. Like, oh, I had to, uh, somebody. Asked me when, at, in a work life a few years ago, Brock Heward really is as good as he as as he portrays, and I was like, yes, a hundred percent. That guy, that's awesome, lives everything he says. So um, he was a fantastic college quarterback in Washington. So I guess I could have had him on this, and he's left-handed. Shout out to left-handers. There you go. Um, as am I. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's just he's just a good, humble dude. Um, so uh, yeah, anyway, Brock. Brock Heward would be an honorable mention, but actually I have a college quarterback that I'm going to start with and nobody will know who this guy is unless you followed SEC football in the 1980s. And it's Tony Robinson. Oh, good call. <clears throat> Cause he was, a, he was the, uh, I remember they, they got beat by Florida. Tennessee did. He played for Tennessee. Tennessee uh, lost 43 to 30 to Florida, but they should have got annihilated. They were not anyway. And Tony Robinson during the game, he wasn't being a jerk, but he just didn't like what was being called. So he would audible almost every play. And after the game and they'd score, they started scoring tons of points. Um, and after the game, the coach at the time, Johnny Majors, was he said, yep, it's the first time I ever had a quarterback during almost an entire game call everything other than what we called him, what we put on the field. He like changed the plays almost every time. And it worked. And he wasn't like lambasting him. Anyway, Tony Robinson had tons of off field issues later on, but the guy was fun to watch in college. And he made that team better. He was phenomenal. Fun to watch. Just kind of like what you said about Russell Wilson. So that's why he's number five for me. Excellent call. Excellent really excellent shout out to Heward for sure. Uh, my number four is Doug Williams. Uh, I almost had Doug. Almost. Yeah, Doug Williams was Doug Williams. I can't say he was 
Well, he was ahead of his time. He wasn't the first black quarterback in the NFL. But it, it's he was an awesome he player. He was no Vince Evans. But. He, he wasn't no Vince Evans. He was an awesome player. But yeah, he was. It, it, it's more just the way he carried himself and just just what he did for helping break those barriers. Because for people, for our younger fans, which there might be like one, uh, people would think is like, what? They didn't let black quarterbacks play in the NFL? I was like, no, they they didn't. It's like, oh, you're an awesome quarterback in college. Hey, you're going to be a great split end. Yeah. Every single time. And, and Doug Williams really helped break that. But it was just it was who he was as a who he is. Well, was as a person um, and just his leadership was just phenomenal. He played for the, the Bucks, played for the Redskins, won a Super Bowl. Um, he's what a quarterback is supposed to be. He's a leader. Yeah, uh, and I really, phenomenal. I really loved. Yeah, and he was, I, and I, it sounds like I'm downplaying what he did on the field as as what he, as far as passing and running, he was, he, like you said, he was phenomenal. He was an exceptional player, but it was more just for even more for his leadership. I just loved watching Doug Williams yeah. play. Yeah, I agree. I almost had him for the same, and again, just a f- fun guy to watch. Great. Oh my arm. god! Yeah. Um, I was so happy when I wasn't even a, a Washington football fan uh, at the time, but I was rooting for Doug Williams in that game. Oh, I, I heartily disliked the Redskins and disliked the Redskins at that time. But Doug Williams was still one of my favorite players then. Yeah. Uh, number four for me, I already mentioned him. So I'm just going to, I really don't have the top two are in order and Seahawks fans will hate me for it, but I don't, I'm okay. <laughs> I am a Seahawks fan. But, but yeah, 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 of course. But number four, I already mentioned Peyton Manning is number yeah. four for me, just because I again he played at Tennessee. Not that I'm the biggest Tennessee fan, but I got to see him a lot more, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. and then you know he's he's a goofy. He's not afraid to be goofy off the field, but on the field he's he. I mean he he got the best out of his ability, and he also got the best. He's a little bit like Michael Jordan in the fact that he's not as successful as Jordan, not saying that, but he got right. the best out of his ability and he also got the best out of his teammates ability, which is all he really can ask of a quarterback, a leader of your team. And he's just, you know, he's not a jerk. He's actually a decent guy too. So I think that yeah. plays part of it. So exactly. number four for me, little known Peyton Manning. Yes. Uh, and number three for me is Omaha. Omaha. Yeah. It's my number three for me is, is Peyton Manning specifically at UT. I'm not, you not said Peyton. Omaha, and I was thinking it was there a guy from Kansas that won. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um, Did they even win a game in the 80s? <laughs> probably not. Um, but And I'm not knocking what he did with the Colts or what he did with the Broncos, but I like the Peyton Manning from UT. Uh, that's the guy that I appreciate. That's the guy that you still see. Uh, he's the guy who still roots for UT. You know, I mean, the whole Wolf yeah. Life stuff is like, I'm not saying he created ball for life, but he epitomizes that. Absolutely epitomizes for sure. that. Yeah. And, and like he stayed his last year said, in college because he wanted to yeah, play for all, all the, and clearly would have been a, maybe not the first pick, but would still would have been a very high pick if he'd come out as a junior. But I mean, the guy's just, he's super fun to watch. Uh, and one of the things I love about Peyton is like, 
and as he will tell you, he's not exactly the greatest athlete on the field. Right. Never was. Doesn't never had the best arm. Sharapova like. Very much like Sharapova. We'll have to talk about that at some point so people know what the hell we're talking about. But um, he never even had the best arm, even at his peak. But he had the best brain of the quarterbacks. And that's yeah. what I love about the guy's game. I mean, the guy is just a phenomenal quarterback and a super fun person to watch. Yeah, Peyton Manning for sure was my number three. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, number three for me, I had to. Instead of the reason I don't have Peyton at number three is I wanted to choose a winner. So T Martin is no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nice, nicely played, sir. No, it's not T Martin, but it could be T Martin. He was fun to watch. I I came very close to putting T Martin on the list because T Martin was the bomb man. I love yeah. T. Martin. Still is so. Uh, so yeah. Um, number three for me is because I'm old. Uh, Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. He was the the quarterback of my favorite team when I was a wee lad. Uh, the Steelers. That's how old I am. Um, not the best, not the best quarterback ever. Um, no. But again, kind of a just a he fit in with the team. He was completely different from a lot of people on his team. But he also was a great leader of that offense. Yes. And and he he hadn't. I mean, he could he had an arm, obviously, but a different game, all completely different than it is today uh, it'd be interesting to see what he would do today i think he could still acclimate to today's game but but in that era he was he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league and and he's he's still kind of a funny i mean don't know him what his politics are i mean completely disagree i mean he is a southerner and stuff yeah. like that but but he's fun to listen to and he seems to really care about the game so that's he's number three for me he is very fun to listen to he's a great um studio commentator i'll put it that way um yeah and he's obviously is an exceptional quarterback he can't be an exceptional quarterback and win that many super bowls i mean there have been some some quarterbacks who won super bowls who were taken there by the team you don't win that you don't four right that sounds crazy four and, and yeah and but four and he, four he was part of the team. quarterback right and he you know that doesn't happen so yeah he was not unless you're number two player. on my list number <laughs> <laughs> Number two on my list and a bit of my homerism from when I was growing up is Bob Greasy, um, a guy who is not remembered that much these days, but he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. No, he did not put up the numbers uh, that people typically think of. Well, none of them. None of those players did, though, right? Well, I mean, even two and one on my list didn't put up the numbers that they put up today. No, no. I mean, I'm just looking at his stats right now. Uh, and this sounds absolutely ridiculous. The most yards he ever threw for in a season. Is this rushing or is this this is passing? 2,473. I think you looked half. up Justin Fields' stats. <laughs> Practically, right? That's half a season. That's half a season for a good quarterback, right? Uh, his his highest uh, touchdowns, 22 touchdowns in a season. That's it. Which actually but, is pretty good for them. For them, yeah, that's the thing. But that, the thing is, he was an epitome of the field general absolutely absolutely controlled the offense um i, I talked about peyton manning he's no earl moral but <laughs> well, luckily he was no earl moral that year because earl moral took well if he'd been earl moral he would have been healthy and could have won but uh yeah and and the fact is he transitioned he was able to transition from the run oriented offense that uh, the dolphins had they had three hall of fame running backs for god's sakes 
at the same time. Did they? Uh, I know they had two. Who was Kick? Morris Zonkin. Who's the other? I don't think Jim Kick made the Hall of Fame, but close enough. Um, that just phenomenal running attack, and Greasy is the guy who made it go. Uh, in like I said, just absolutely uh, the epitome of the cerebral quarterback. Um, and you know when they when the running game went away, it's like, oh okay, well I guess we're gonna have to throw more. And he did, and he could do that too. Um, but again, this isn't best quarterbacks, favorite quarterbacks. Exactly. This, this, this is a quarterback of the team I followed when I was growing up, and he was um, clearly a Hall of Fame quarterback at that time. So, yeah, hell yeah, he's one of my favorite quarterbacks ever, Bob Greasy. And that was number two, right? So number two for me, speaking of guys who isn't maybe not the greatest quarterback ever, but I really liked watching him, Joe Montana. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's kind of weak, but in the numbers, but you know, not a lot of, not a lot of those bold yeah, numbers. Didn't do a whole lot. Um, you know, made a couple of Super Bowls. That was, uh, <laughs> I mean, so when I was younger, people listening, I'm a Seahawks fan, have been for a very long time now. But when I was younger, um, post Steelers, which was very early when I was a kid, I actually started being a 49ers fan in 1980. I can remember the exact. Oh, year. oh, oh. oh. This is 12th Man Rising, sir. This podcast is over. Oh, I'm sorry. I started being a Seahawks fan in 1980. Um, I remember that Dave Craig was... No. Um, so, <laughs> uh, th- actually, I guess it was Jim Zorn at that time. But um, anyway. But uh, yeah, Joe Montana. Just because he was... I mean, <laughs> I, how long do you want to spend on Joe Montana? Yeah. It's yeah. like he was a very likable guy. He, you know, he... he it was almost like he... Even though he was fantastically talented pinpoint accuracy he yep. still probably still does a little bit to this day act like it was accidental that he became a quarterback that won four super bowls you know it was just like yeah. and he he was the leader of that offense and when you needed i still think more than tom brady because no offense to tommy lost some super bowls if i have a quarter if i need to win a super bowl joe montana is going to be my quarterback I still think that uh, there's no reason not to think that. Um, he didn't make my list just because, again, this is favorites. So I wouldn't say he's obviously he's not among my top five favorites because he didn't make my list. But you'd be foolish to say, oh, he doesn't belong there. It's like, how can you say that? Um, guy was an absolutely phenomenal player. Absolutely phenomenal player. And for all the reasons you said, I mean, he just seems so affable and he's just this. Oh, I'm just this guy is like, uh-huh, sure, buddy. <laughs> sure you are. I mean, unbelievable. Um, which brings us to the number one. And it's not going to come any surprise to Lee. won't come as any surprise to anyone who uh, knows me. Is this a guy who slid down in the draft a lot? And is like, yeah, I don't know. A guy out of pit, really? He's like, mm. Desmond Ritter? Should have just, yeah. He should have been a baseball player. Uh, yeah. Dan, Dan Marino. Um Took over the Dolphins starting job uh, a few games into his his rookie season. It's like which is which is so funny. I forgot he didn't start right out. Right, like and, and which which is like other than I think you might even name this guy as your number one. We'll see. But other than a current top quarterback in the league right now, basically you're a rookie, you start. I mean, Peyton Manning is like yeah. Throw him into the fire like that. They didn't do that back in the 80s. Um, all he did was come in as a rookie and go seven and two once they installed him. 
And his first full season, he only threw for 5,000 yards and 48 touchdowns. Uh, this is in the 80s. When oh, they you said, so your favorite quarterback is Dan Fouts? Is Dan Fouts, yes, Dan Fouts. Um, yeah, Marino surprising. Just, uh, are, have there been better quarterbacks overall in the league? Uh, I have mm. to admit, yes, probably. Has there ever been a better passer? Never, and there never will be. This guy is just absolutely. And there's more to the game, obviously, than throwing the ball. Absolutely, there's more to the game. But not a lot more. Not to the point the way this And not at that throw. time, either. Yeah, I mean, just. I mean, his his release was a little bit too slow for the time. But <laughs> this guy, how, how many yards would Dan Marino throw for? Throw oh, for gosh, 6,000 at least. He'd hit seven one year. And I'm being serious. Yeah, I can see if, that. If, if he had, hell, if he, if he was throwing to the, the receivers that Miami has now, are you kidding me? Hill would have 3,000 yards. Yeah. And, and I'm serious. Because Marino, like he said, I mean, the release was ridiculous. Uh, one of the things when we were talking about Russell Wilson before, and one of the things Russ would bitch about is how often he would get sacked. A big part of the reason he would get sacked is because Russell tries to extend plays, holds the ball too long. I mean, we know that, right? Mm -hmm. Dan Marino had seasons when he was sacked. Well, right here in front of me. Oh, this year he got sacked six times. Yeah, that's it was ridiculous. That's the season. That's not a game. That's the season. Six sacks. And yes, he had good offensive lines, but he got rid of the ball. Yeah. He got rid of the ball. It's like, yeah, he got picked off way too much. But the season before that, he was sacked nine times, 13 picks. It's not that he was throwing the ball in a panic to get rid of it. It's like he got picked off too much. I, I mean, it was like Will Levis. <laughs> yeah, just like Will Levis. <laughs> like but, that release. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I was being a 49ers fan at that time. Right, right. Um, I... Dan Marino was one of those players because, you know, different conferences and they really would have they didn't play very much. They met in the Super Bowls. We, we both know we won't go into that. But he, got smoked. but he was he was one of those players. I just I oh, mean, I hope they don't play the Dolphins because Dan Marino, he Dan was Marino. just that dangerous of a player. And really, he deserved a lot better than what he a whole yeah. lot better than what is. He was he good did. enough to win multiple Super Bowls as well. And his, his team overall just wasn't. Unfortunately, no, they never had a, a running game. And part of it was the fault of the Dolphins because they didn't really try to give him a running game. They're thinking, oh, we got to give him weapons. It's like, but he needs a running attack to balance it. And they never did that. And that's a big problem. But, uh, you know, 85, the Bears, absolutely unstoppable. One of the best teams ever. Absolutely. Oh, destroyed. 35-7. And, well, it was at that point. And Marino just, just absolutely. Wasn't it 35-7? Wasn't that the final? No, no, no. They, the Bears put some points on later. Uh, I think it was I like 41, they... 31, 41, 21. But I mean, they just like smoked really? them. I yeah, yeah. It up. yeah. I actually watched it a, a couple months ago. That sounds crazy. but That yeah. was the wrong season. But absolutely crushed one of the best defenses in the history of the game. And he absolutely smoked them. And that was one of his best performances ever, yes. But that's the thing. It was only one of his best performances ever. Uh, I just looked it up, actually. The Bears won that game. Oh, damn. (laughs) 38-24, you're right. Yeah, I guess I remember. I must have, like, yeah, it was 35-7, but it was just nobody did that to the Bears, you know? Yeah, the Bears Bears just absolutely annihilated everybody, and the Dolphins just came up. 
hammered. Literally, because that was the only game they lost. Yeah. And the only game, I think they only had like two of the games that season that were close. Other than that, they just annihilated people. Yep. And the Dolphins just rolled on them. But leading yeah. up to that game, the Bears had won 24 3, 44 to nothing, 36 to nothing, and then lose 38 to 24. And then they turned right around and smoked everybody else all the way through the, the to the yep. Super Bowl win. So, so yay! Thanks for the wake up call, Dan. You're number one. <laughs> my number one is so I'm partial to lefties since I am a left-hander. Partial, so partial. it is uh, it's Steve Young, uh, the greatest backup quarterback ever, um, and uh, he really yeah. was a backup. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> he he, he won a Super Bowl. I I, I like to think that. Uh, Joe Montana was great. I like to think if Steve Young was the quarterback on those 49ers teams, he probably would have five Super Bowls because he would have still won the one in 95. But he was phenomenally athletically ta- talented. Oh, my God. Um, and just yeah. great, again, great accuracy. I mean, just some of the runs. Just don't even watch him pass. Just some of the runs he does. Like that what 54-yard touchdown pa- or run where he has and he's breaking tackles. And it's just... He was, and he just seems like a, a good dude too. He does. He does. Recently fired from ESPN, um, which along is with, weird. Yeah, along with everybody else. So like, bad yeah, honor. yeah. But I was always partial to lefties because quarterback. You know, NFL offensive lines are designed where oh, the left tackle has to be this, and if you're left-handed, that's what you're facing. So the right tackle becomes a lot more important. So if the Seahawks right. ever change to a left-handed quarterback, I doubt they will. In fact. Miami has a left-handed quarterback, right? But yeah. if Tua were to come to Seattle and then Abraham Lucas becomes the most important tackle on the team. Right. But Young just, he was able to, he, it was weird because he, his teams weren't always great either and it had nothing to do with him. It was that um, they were graduating a little bit from this dominant defense and they weren't as dominant mm-hmm. and then they got, you know, whatever. He, he I'm glad he won the Super Bowl that year because he deserved a Super Bowl win after backing up and the Tampa years and then not being in the NFL for a while and then backing up Montana and then the whole hate about, oh, Steve Young's replaced Joe Montana. I was like, well, he needed to. And athletically, yeah. Young was a better quarterback than Montana as, as yeah. he still would versus most people playing today he would athletically be a better quarterback but he he was a phenomenal quarterback and just finally got his chance and proved to him everybody else just how good he was and he never complained he never bitched about anything yep. and he got his chance and he won and he played and he's a hall of famer even though his career didn't technically last that long as a starter but then again he's left-handed so i'm partial to that so that's why he's number one on my list which is an excellent call. I had forgotten how long he'd been a backup. I was thinking four years. It was like, uh, no. 18 years. Backed up Marino. Backed up. Very much. He was basically like Gino. You know, he backed up Marino. He backed up Bradshaw. (laughs) Backed up Montana. Y.A. Tittle. He backed up. (laughs) Practically. Pretty crazy. Yeah, I was like, I had forgotten. He was 31. I mean, he had the one season in Tampa, but that, because Played college at LSU, backed up night train lane. A lot of people don't know. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had forgotten. It's like before he actually got his first, uh, really was handed the reins. He's 31 years old. That's insane. It is. Nowadays, it'd be like, he's not playing because we got to go with the younger quarterback. Nowadays, he's not easy. Geno Smith. Um, yeah. yeah, basically, that's exactly what it is. I hadn't thought about that, but that's exactly right. what it is. Well, if Gino uh, pulls off the kind of career that Steve did, it's like I'd be happy with it. The twelves will be pretty happy. It's like hmm. I'd rather Gino be left-handed 
but I'm happy with everything else otherwise. Like, uh, yeah, as soon as he got the starting out, he made the Pro Bowl every single year. It's like, mm, okay, well, <laughs> that's okay. I mean, literally every single year. That's just, um, well, not the last year. Sorry, I missed that part. But basically every single year. But, the, but then he was done. He was like 9,000 years old. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's our program. Uh, hopefully you have enjoyed it. Hopefully your family has enjoyed it. Your pets have enjoyed it. Your coworkers, your priest has enjoyed it. Um, but you know what? If you're one of those people who says, why did you make why did you write that? That doesn't make any sense. I I, I don't want you to enjoy this. I just don't because you're stupid. True. You shouldn't enjoy anything. You're a fool. Or if your priest tells you after we're done listening to this, you need to get off your knees. You probably shouldn't listen to it either. Thanks. Why are you the worst? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.